Amen. Well, family, it's good to be together to worship Jesus together this afternoon. And we praise God for how he's been working. Amen. Amen. We praise God for how he's been moving among us. Amen. 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 Well, I mentioned last week that I was going to be starting a new sermon series today on the church. Uh, but God edited my plans. God edited my plans. Uh, and I was wrestling with it throughout the week and just praying, just thinking about uh, Grace and the Owens and just thinking about, yeah, just our entire church body, right? Uh, in, in a lot of ways uh, that our church body has, has suffered. Um, and so things that have happened previously and then most recently. And so in light of that, um, God edited my plans and I'm okay with God editing my plans. Amen? Amen. And we should all be okay. <laughs> That sometimes God will, you have plans, and God says, uh, mm, maybe another time. And we want to, yeah, we want to trust the Lord. We want to trust His Spirit. Amen? Amen. So we will, by God's grace, uh, start the new sermon series at a later date. Uh, have the sermon written and everything, written and ready. Uh, but we will start it at another date. And uh, looking forward to that, to that date. Instead, this afternoon, we're going to be looking at Psalm 46. So if I can get you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 46, that's where we're going to be. And as you turn there, let me let me ask God for his help again. Let me, let me pray one more time. Lord, thank you for this afternoon. I thank you for this time to proclaim your word. God, I pray uh, that you'll be pleased and glorified in all that's said in this time, Lord. I pray, God, that you would encourage our hearts from your word. This afternoon, as we've been singing about you are our refuge and strength, God, and we'll, we'll see it here in your word. God, I pray that we would be encouraged and strengthened to know, oh God, that you are our mighty fortress, that you are our refuge, that you are our strength, that you are our help. Please, Lord, encourage us in this time. And may your word do the work in all of our hearts, how you see fit. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 46 reads as follows, starting at verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. 
I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. This is God's word. Amen. Amen. This is God's word. If you're taking notes this afternoon, if I had to summarize uh, this uh, passage with a main idea or a theme, it would go something like this. Is that God, our God, is a refuge for his people. Our God is a refuge for his people. And this is essentially the main idea that's going to be teased out through the entire passage as we just read it, as we'll walk through it, that, that God is a refuge. He is our refuge. And so I have two points for us this afternoon as we walk through it. Here they are. Number one, God is a refuge for his people. So we'll see that in verses one through seven. And number two, God is God. God is God. Number one, God is a refuge for his people. Number two, God is God. Let's look at number one. God is a refuge for his people. Look back with me at verse one. Here's what it says. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. These last few years have been some of the hardest years we've all had to experience in so many ways. We've been in a pandemic, still in a pandemic, and we've all suffered a lot of loss. Loss of family members, loss of friends, even loss of experiences. Like the pandemic shut everything down. Some of us lost experiences that we would have experienced had we not been in a pandemic. We have family members of all different ages, then and now, who have been just battling with different illnesses. I mean, even this week, right, with with baby Grace. Some of us battling depression, battling anxiety on a regular basis. And some of us, if not all of us, have been swimming in a sea of discouragement swimming in a sea of discouragement this week, this year. And the list can go on and on. And the year isn't even over yet. It's early October. And we don't know what the rest of the year will look like. But one thing is certain, one thing is for sure, family, One truth that you and I can believe and hope in this afternoon is that God will be a refuge for us. That God will be a refuge for us no matter what may come. That he has already been our refuge and strength for all that has come so far. That's a truth. That is a hope this afternoon, family, that we can bank on. That God will be, is your refuge. He is, will be your strength. He is, will be a present help in every trouble, in every time of need. Do do you believe that this afternoon, family? Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is your refuge? 
The word refuge here is the same idea for a safe place. Same meaning it's a safe place that God is our refuge. For us as Christians, it means that God is our safe place. We can run to him for safety. Just like we would run for safety if there was a, a tornado or a hurricane. If a tornado or a hurricane was coming, we would, we would run to safety. In the same way, God wants us to run to him as he will cover us, as he will be our refuge, our safe place in the midst of life storms. Listen to Psalm 62, 7 through 8. It says, on God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock. My refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. So God is our safe place. He is our mighty fortress. We can run to him. And we can know that we'll be protected. We can know that in him there's safety. He will keep us. So not only is God our refuge, not only is he our safe place, but the verse also says that he is our strength. He's also our strength. The word strength here, I believe, has a twofold meaning. On the one hand, our God is strong and mighty, and he will showcase his strength for his people. We see that all throughout the Bible where he's showcased his strength, that he's mighty, he's strong, like by fighting the battles of Israel, like fighting battles for us. We'll even see this as we continue in chapter 46. But we also see it all over the Bible, like Psalm 24, 8, where King David is speaking about God in this way. He says, who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. King David here is like, who is this king of glory? It's Yahweh. It's Yahweh. He's strong and mighty. It is, it is Yahweh, and he's mighty in battle. He's ready for battle. He's battle ready. So this is who God is. This is, when we think about the strength, this is the strength that God has. But not only will God go to war for us, here's that twofold meaning, I believe, but, but secondly, He'll give us strength in the midst of our battles or our trials or our circumstances. He'll give us strength to make it through those things. When we are weak, God will strengthen us. Amen? Amen. Just like the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12. Dealing, you might remember this, dealing with the thorn in the flesh. You remember that? So listen to 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, as, as Paul was dealing with this thorn of flesh. It says in verse 7, it says, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Verse 8, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. 
Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and hardships, persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Anyone among us weak this afternoon? Anyone among us tired from the trials? Tired and weak from the trials, from temptation, from this fallen. So first and foremost, our own fallen selves. We're we're living in these fallen bodies. Then we're also living in this fallen world where we see sin just rampant all around us. Where calamities, where struggles, where persecutions, famine, hurricanes running rampant around us. Any of us tired, weak, weary? Well, if so, and I raise my hand, if, if so, God's grace is sufficient for you. God's grace is sufficient for me. Not only that, what's, what's amazing about this passage here in 2 Corinthians as well is that it's, it's, it's flipped upside down, right? It's, it's his power, it says his power is made known all the more in your weaknesses. We think his power will be made known in our strength. But actually, no, his power is made more known when we are weak, when we are weary, when we are tired. That's when God can work. <laughs> That's when he works his best in us and through us. When we are weak, ultimately, when we are dependent upon him, we're depending upon him. So whether we feel like we're strong or when we're weak, ultimately, we need to depend on him. And as we depend on him, we experience his grace as solely sufficient for us in the midst of the trials, in the midst of the challenges. His grace is sufficient for us, family. His power is made known in our weaknesses. So for us as Christians, God is strong for us and he also provides strength for us. This is a beautiful truth. We serve a mighty, wonderful God. Amen. He's a wonderful God. He is a wonderful God. That he's strong for us when we're weak, when we aren't strong, and when we think we are strong, we're not. But we are weak. But he's strong for us when we are weak. And then he gives us strength when we need it to make it through life's hardships. He didn't leave us alone. He's with us. Amen. He's present with us. And then lastly, so he's, he's our refuge, he's our strength. And then lastly, verse one ends with God being a very present help in trouble. He's a very present help in trouble. Isn't that good news? That is good news. 
That he is a present help. The Lord is a yesterday's help. He's a tomorrow's help. And he's a right now help. Yesterday, tomorrow, and now. The Lord is our help. He is a 24-7 helper. His help hotline is always open. It's never shut down. Never closed. We can always call out to him. And he will help you. He will help me. So we can look to him. We can trust him. For he is our helper. Now. So when we leave from here. With whatever might come. We don't know. We know that based on this word. And throughout the entire Bible. That God is our helper. That we can call out to him and he will help us with whatever we face when we walk out these doors. So maybe be reminded of that. When we walk out these doors, when we go into the work week, when we deal with challenging uh, situations, whether on our job or in our families, when family members are sick, when, when so forth and so forth is happening, God is your helper, family. God is my helper. He will help you receive his help. Run to him for help. He's open arms. He's available. Amen? Amen. Amen. And we're reminded that for non-Christians, that we're reminded that when we think about non-Christians fighting battles, trying to fight battles of life, Trying to, trying to deal with life's storms, my question and my thought would be for them, how are you doing that? How are you battling these things? How are you getting through life's challenges? In their heart of hearts, we pray and hope that they would know that they can't make it without God. That none of us can make it without God. And so being reminded of the good news that starts with God and that God created us in his image and, and after his likeness, he gave us all the help we needed. <laughs> we had all the help we needed in the garden. We had him. But yet our first parents fell. They disregarded his help and they received something that was not help from the enemy who twisted God's word and caused them to sin. And because of their sin, they wrecked it for all of us. Sin entered the world, and then we have all of this death, we have all of this fighting, we have all of this killing, we have sicknesses and illnesses. And even the earth itself, as we think about Romans 8, is groaning, groaning, for a, a new earth, a new heaven. The Lord Jesus comes, sent by God the Father. He comes and he lives a perfect sinless life that none of us could ever live. He dies the death that we all deserve on the cross, taking all of our sin, taking, taking all of our disregard of help from God, nailing it to the cross, burying it all in his body, he dies, 
He is buried. And on the third day, he is raised from the dead with all power and dominion, offering us help. Offering us help. Offering us help in our sin. By taking our sin and by giving us his righteousness. By, by taking our sin and giving us hope in him. If we were to repent and to turn away from our sin, to turn away from the sin that he hates and turn to him by faith, by trust, by belief, and receive his help, receive ultimately himself, his love for us. The Bible says when we do that, as most of us have done that, that we would be given new life, that we will be given 24-7 access to his help. And so that's the good news, Christian, that we have been made Christians by. And that's the good news, Christian, that we get to go and share with those who aren't Christians, who are in need of God's help. And we are all in need of God's help. And so may we, may we pray for the non-Christians in our family. May we pray for the non-Christians in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods that live on our block, that are trying to make it on their own in life, that are trying to do life in complete disregard of a God who wants to help them, who loves them. May we be on our knees, broken, praying for them, that the Lord would break in. They would break in the pride and show them their need for him, just like he did for us. May we be praying for that. And may we also, as we pray, pray that the Lord would open up opportunities for us to share this message of help, this message of hope to them. That he might save them and that he might put his spirit in them and cause them to, to walk in his ways. May we do that, family. May we do that this week. May we, may we pray this week, Lord, open the door for your word. Open the door for your word. And when you do, Lord, help us to take it. Help us to take it. Trusting and believing in you. So may we do that, family. Amen? Amen. 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 Look back with me at verses 2 to 3. It says, therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. These verses are in, they are uh, in light of type of verses. You know what I mean? Like this is, this in light of this, so do this. Meaning that in light of God being our refuge, him being our strength, him being our present help, believers don't have to fear earth's calamities. This is what's going on here. That we don't, we don't have to fear that we need to be wise, but we don't need to fear earth's calamities because our God is the one who reigns. He is the creator and he is the reigning king over all creation and he rules over it all. So we need not to fear. This is what it says in verse 2. It says, therefore, we will not fear. Why? Why won't we fear, beloved? It's because God is our refuge. 
It's because, it's because God is our strength. It's because God is our very present help in a time of trouble. He is all of this for us. So when we do see these types of calamities or different things that go on, we need not to fear. We need not to be troubled because we serve the God who is over all of these things, ruling and reigning. I mean, you think of the worst weather situations that could come our way. I mean, as, I've, as we've been thinking about and praying for already, but thinking about the hurricane that hit Florida. I mean, what a tragedy this has been over these last few days. What, 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 a, what a tragedy. And we, we want to continue to keep them all in our prayers. We're going to continue to pray for Florida, to, pl- to pray for the believers there, the churches there, to pray for, for everyone there. Yet for the believers there, God says, they need not to fear. They need not to fear. He is their help. And he is our help, family. Then in verses four through six, look back there with me, it says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the most high. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. So these these verses in summary are referring to Jerusalem and God being a defense for his people and dwelling with them in the midst of danger. One one commentator puts it this way in thinking about these few verses. He says, the immediate occasion of the psalm was probably some great intervention of God to destroy enemy armies that were marching against Jerusalem. In this time of danger, those who resided in Jerusalem were secure because God was in their midst. He was with them. And he is with his people today. On this theme of God being with his people, the the commentator continues to say, he says, this is a major theme of the whole scripture and concerns not only the security of earthly Jerusalem, but also the nature and safety of the people of God throughout history. So it's, 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 it's these truths, this theme that was true throughout biblical history and throughout today, that God is with his people. That just like he was with his people all throughout the scriptures, all throughout with the children of Israel, with them, amongst them, he's with his people today. And this is a beautiful theme. This is a beautiful truth that we see embedded all throughout scripture. Starting from Genesis to Revelation, I mean, thinking about scriptures, like in Joshua 1, where, where God promises Joshua that he will be with him, right? Jesus' name in Matthew 1 is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Matthew 28, the way the Gospel of Matthew opens is also the way that the Gospel of Matthew ends, where the Lord Jesus promises at the end of Matthew 28 that what? He will be with his people. 
that he says, and lo, I, I will be with you to the end of the age. So this, this beautiful theme of God being with us is all embedded through the word and that he is a refuge for his people. So that's number one, that our God is a refuge for his people, which leads to number two, and it's our final point, that God is God. God is God. I couldn't think of any other creative way. I don't think I needed to, but just to think about that God what we see in these next few verses is him being who he is. God being God. Look back with me in verses 8 through 10. It says, Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. These verses were written along the same lines, you might recall, of Psalm 2, right? And for time's sake, I'm going to pull out a few verses so that you can see what I'm referring to. So, so Psalm 2, starting at verse 1, it says, Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. And how does God respond? He laughs. He laughs. Listen to verses four through five of Psalm two. It says, but the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in anger, he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. And this is the response he desires of us and is the should be the response of us. Later on in Psalm 2 verse 11 it says, "Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal son or he will become angry and you will be destroyed in the midst of all of your activities." For his anger flares up in an instant. But what joy for all who take refuge in him. But what joy for all who take refuge in him. In God's son. This is the response that God desires. That we would submit to his son. Other translations say kiss the son. Lest he be angry. Praise God that he has humbled us, that he has yeah, caused us to submit to him, to see the son for who he is and for what he's done in all of his beauty and his majesty. But listen, you, you, you think the Lord is worried about anyone who calls themselves an enemy of his? <laughs> he's not. No one in their right mind would test the Lord. God is up in heaven, not worried about nothing. I think there was a rapper who did a song about that. French Montana, I think it was his name. He had a song talking about that he ain't worried about nothing. But surely French Montana is worried about something. Surely he is. He has to be worried about something. But God 
the God of heaven and earth, maker of all things, holy, majestic, ruler, he ain't worried about nothing. He's not worried about anything, not a thing. So what's the point for all of us as we're listening in? Well, I believe it's, it's here in verse 10. I believe, it, I believe it hits its head here at verse 10, where it says, be still and know that I am God. I'm just going to read that again, just to watch over us. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. In other words, God is telling us to chill out. He's telling all of us to chill out. He has you. He has me. He got you and me. The creator, sustainer, ruler over all things is completely and perfectly in control over you. And the whole world. Nothing catches him by surprise. He knows every little detail in our lives. And he cares about every little detail in our lives. He is in control, family. Do you believe that this afternoon? That God is in control. That the sun will not rise unless he tells it to. That the moon will not put out unless he tells it to. Everything is in complete control of God. Nothing that has happened to you in your past, current, or future will ever catch him off guard. He, he's, he's not like, oh, Pandemic? Oh, let me change up my plans. Oh, I, that caught me off guard. Oh, this happened in your life. He, he, he's not fumbling like how we can fumble. <laughs> he's not fumbling like how we will when something changes in our calendar. If a, if a meeting is rescheduled or put here or put there. He's not caught off guard. He's not caught by surprise. In the midst of craziness and chaos in your life and in our world, there is a peace and a hope that is only found in God. Would you be still this afternoon and know that he is God? Be still. I'm kind of reminded of, although I'm not uh, a camper or a person, you know, who goes out and, you know, does these cool things, uh, you know, out in the wilderness and this, that, and the third. But I just imagine you standing at the edge of like a cliff, sitting there still, hearing all of the beautiful sounds that you'll hear, the, the wind whistling, the trees moving by the wind. Complete silence. I imagine this is maybe the picture that God has in mind for us to be still before him. To be still before him. 
and know that he is God. So would you, family, be still. Stop trying to fix it on your own. Stop trying to work it out by your own means. Stop trying to think that you know what's best and know what's right more than the God who created you, who knows every intricate detail of your body. Be still and know that he is God. And as believers this afternoon, as we think in light of that verse, being still and knowing that he's God, may we trust him. Maybe because he is trustworthy. We can, we can trust him. We can be still. And we can know as we've been singing that he is with us in the midst of everything. And we even see this in verses 7 through 7 and 11, right? Look at verses 7 and 11. It says the same thing. It says that the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. We have the Lord of hosts on our side. The God of angel armies on our side. This is, this is who the Lord of hosts is. The Lord Almighty, as some translations would say. This is who is on our side. This is who we have come into battle for us and with us every day. Isn't that wonderful news? To know that you are not walking in battles alone. You're not walking in battles alone, family. You have God. Amen. It's like, it's like in, uh, I think it's one of the Avengers movies. I think it was like Loki. He was like, we have a Hulk. No, but it's us as Christians. We're like, we have the God. We have God. Come on now. So any battle we go through, we have God. That's a wonderful, amazing truth. Amen? Amen? So as we close, may we be reminded this afternoon and encouraged in this truth this afternoon that God is our refuge. That God is a refuge for his people. And because he's God, we can look to him for everything. We can trust him for everything in the midst of every battle that we might face, or even battles that we have faced, battles that we will face, battles that we're currently facing, that God is fighting for us and with us. And ultimately, the battle is won. Come on. Ultimately, in the end, we win. Amen, bro. We win, family. We've already won in him. And ultimately, we win. We win, we win, we win. Because Christ has won for us. Mm. And we are in him. And so we be, be encouraged by that. Trusting in that this afternoon. As Nikki comes back up, let me, let me pray for us. God, thank you for being our refuge, for being our strength, for being a very present help in a time of trouble. We thank you because that's true. And we thank you 
that that will remain true. And so God, when we face or are facing or will face life's battles, hardships, struggles, please remind us from your word that you are our refuge, that you are our safe place, that nothing else or no one else we, we, if we run to those things, Lord, they won't produce, provide the same safety that you will. So help us to run to you. And help us to run to one another as you have given us the family of God to, to run to and to be embraced and to be cared for and to be loved on, but help us to run to you first. Knowing and trusting, God, that you are our refuge, our strength, and our help. That we are never without help. No matter if we feel alone, no matter when we are alone or feel alone, or no matter when, when man, things are hitting the roof, Lord, no matter when when we are overwhelmed, no matter when we are struggling in our sin, no matter when we are going through the passing of loved ones and friends, and we see our family members hurting, struggling, You are our help, and you can be their help. And so God, help us to know that, to believe that, and trust that wholeheartedly. Please, help us in that. In Jesus' name.